0: Welcome to Scandal Water, where the tea is hot and the conversation lively.
1: Your hosts, Candy
0: and Ashley, will
1: discuss a peculiar story somehow related to the entertainment industry. This podcast might not change the world, but it just might satisfy your thirst for an intriguing tale.
2: Oh, it's that time of day. Tune in and hear what the ladies say. It's time to bend your ear when the silver screen appears. Everything in between. So come on and join the fun.
1: Ashley. Hi (laughs) Hey, I'm excited about our new recording studio. here. not it beautiful? I I
0: tried to set the tone for you. It looks I feel like it looks very cozy.
1: For our listeners we normally record in Ashley's office but she has moved us into her library area and Mm -hmm. it is just filled with ambiance. It is so pretty all kinds of books and nicely lit lamps and it's just a really nice space. It's very cozy. Hmm. All right. Well, are we ready to jump into another one of our holiday episodes? I am.
0: I'm I'm very excited about this one because this is the one I got to know about and I did a little bit of homework. I think we're going to have a very interesting conversation.
1: Awesome. <laughs> I love it. To start, Ashley, I'm going to test your knowledge again. Okay. I do this to you a lot. <laughs>
0: you do. You can tell People can
1: tell you're a teacher. But I thought that our listeners might like to play along on this. So here's what I'm going to request. Okay. Okay. What we're going to do is the game I'm making up this game. okay, But it's based on ones we've seen on TV, of course. Anyway, it's test your lyric knowledge. Oh. So I'm going to give you a couple of lines of a okay. song and okay. I'm going to ask you to give me the next line or two to see if you can continue it. All right. But I'm going to ask you not to jump in really fast because in case our listeners want to try to oh, do sure. it themselves, sure. we'll kind of put just a little pause there and then they can they can see if they can come up with it or if they want to hit pause on their you know device, they could do that. Mm-hmm. But I thought it might be fun.
0: I'm all for it. Let's okay. try
1: it. All right. Here we go. Sisters, sisters, there were never such devoted sisters.
0: Uh, something about somebody trying to separate us and they can't. I don't know. <laughs> okay.
1: It's tr- I think this one's hard. It is hard. Okay. The next two lines are never had to have a chaperone. No, no sir. sir.
0: I'm here to keep my eye on her. Excellent. Okay.
1: Okay. Are we ready? Yes. Here's the second one. When I'm worried and I can't sleep, I count my blessings instead of sheep, and I fall asleep counting my blessings when my bankroll...
0: What? I could have told you if you hadn't kept going. When my bankroll is looking slim, I don't know. Okay. See, this
1: is really hard. It is hard. All right. When my bankroll is getting small, I think of when... I I had had none at all? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And I... Fall asleep counting my blessings? Excellent. Okay. Okay. All right. Number three. Snow, 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 snow. It won't be long before we'll all be there with snow. Snow, snow. I'll wash my hair with snow. You're very close. And that might be a a second verse. I don't know. I think it
0: is. She says something and then it's, I'll wash my hair with snow.
1: Yeah. The way I have it right here is to finish out that line. It was snow, snow. I want to wash my hands, my face and hair with snow. Uh Snow. I long to clear a path and lift a spade of snow. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've done terribly. This is shameful.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, here's the last one. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. Just like the ones I used to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. Right? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. All right. <laughs> I've good redeemed job. it a little bit.
1: Okay. So you already knew the topic, but I surely did. by now our listeners probably have already figured out as well that Bye our topic Christmas. today is White Christmas yes yes i mean one of the classics it is very much ashley and i had talked about this because it is such a well-known classic beloved film we thought we would make this particular episode a big one in fact we're anticipating we're probably going to have to break this into two parts because we're going to start at the very beginning we're not just going to jump into the movie we're going to back it up and we're going to talk about how this origin story right from the beginning, how did this whole thing come about? So I am going all the way back to the song and Irving Berlin. Yes. All right here we go. Do you already have a lot of background knowledge about the song,
0: Ashley, or or the uh, the composer? No, not in this case. I I don't know why he wrote it. For some reason, I'm thinking maybe he wrote it in July. I don't know why I'm thinking that. That's, mm-hmm. but no, I don't know. That's why I'm kind of excited to know. The only thing I know about White Christmas is the film and also the play, which is why it's super shameful that I could not get those lyrics <laughs> because I co-directed the play and, of course, I've seen the film. But you didn't have to sing
1: the songs or learn no. the songs, and no. that makes
0: a difference. It does.
1: Yeah, you have a lot more to think about when you're directing and producing. That's
0: true. Thanks for thanks for salvaging me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about Irving Berlin. He was actually one of America's greatest composers. Mm-hmm. He was a Russian Jewish immigrant who could not read or write music notation. No kidding. But managed to compose over 1,000 songs. And several of the sources like labeled him as being the person who was the foundation of our American songbook.
0: So he could not, say that again, he could not write
1: read or write music notation
0: meaning he could not write music or read music
1: I'm assuming yes that he did it by ear or that he
0: see I can't read music or write music either but yet I'm not Irving Berlin (laughs) so this is a definite gift I would like to have that talent very specifically but no I don't have it very impressive
1: he is known for songs such as Easter Parade No Business Like Show Business God Bless America and of course White Christmas Mm -hmm. in fact one of the articles pointed out that white christmas is probably one of his simplest songs there are only 54 words and only 67 he referred to it as now classic notes in that song but it is one of the most popular christmas songs of all time there is a news anchor charles osgood many years ago was talking about this and he is quoted as saying that white christmas is irving berlin's most enduring legacy because quote No song captures the spirit of the season better than White Christmas. Yeah,
0: it really does. It's very, even though it's simple, it has has beautiful imagery. Oh, it does. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because some of the interviews were with Irving Berlin's daughter, Linda Emmett, and so she gave a lot of insights. Some of this came from her, some of this came from a researcher who wrote a book about Irving Berlin, but here are some interesting things about him. First of all, they both pointed out, the author of this book and his daughter, that because he was a Russian Jew, Irving Berlin really didn't connect to Christmas as a religious holiday. Okay. His daughter Linda said, quote, I think for my father that Christmas was an American holiday more than anything else. It was certainly nothing he was exposed to, to say the least, in mm-hmm. Russia. Mm-hmm. And so she explained that in her household, they were excited about Christmas. They had the Christmas tree, they had the Christmas stockings, the turkey, plum pudding, the whole deal, including what she called a general cheery atmosphere. And she said it was something that they as kids looked forward to tremendously. But again, because her father was a Russian Jewish immigrant, she said that for him, Christmas was not a religious holiday. It was a cultural one.
0: Yeah, there's not any religious lyrics in White Christmas. Mm-hmm. No. It's, it's secular lyrics. Yeah. In terms of what
1: prompted it, it, there's actually a lot of mystery behind it. Linda does not know when or where her father wrote it. Nobody can pin it down.
0: Oh, I guess my July theory was totally wrong. Well, but but you know, you never know because yeah. here's
1: here's what she said. She thinks it was written in either 1938 or 1939. She said possibly in Arizona or maybe in New York or maybe he worked on it in both places. Uh-huh. But a different theory that they put out was that Irving Berlin might have written it over Christmas 1937, which was when he was separated from his family working on a movie called Alexander's Ragtime Band. And so he was in Beverly Hills alone, away from his family. that makes sense. So some people think that's when he did Mm -hmm. it. Either way, everybody agrees that he originally wrote the song. He intended it to be for this Broadway musical review that was going to be about American holidays, and it never was produced. But... Paramount pictures like oh. that idea later picked it up and Holiday Inn later yes okay. kind of turned into Holiday Inn okay we'll get back to that one of course later but we do know the one thing they agree on is that he wrote the song sometime in the late 30s but it wasn't until later that something happened with it so again here's a nice quote this is from the author Jody Rosen who wrote the book White Christmas the Story of an American Song so Jody says and it wasn't until a couple years later over the Christmas season of 1940 into 1941 One, I believe that he kind of took the song, the half finished song out of what he called his song trunk. That's cute. (laughs) And it's great because several people mentioned this that Irving Berlin would just start songs and he would tuck it away and then he would pull it out later when he wanted to use it.
0: I kind of have that in writing. I have little notebooks that I'll have ideas for just an idea for a sketch or a couple lines or a line of dialogue. Mm -hmm. And then I just put them in this little notebook and I go back to them.
1: Yeah, it's like all these like, you know, germs of ideas mm-hmm, that you mm-hmm. don't want to lose. So you mm-hmm. have to capture them. But, but I love that. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to compose a thousand songs, you better have a lot you of better ideas, have a drunk. right? <laughs> but anyway, so Rosen continues by saying, over that Christmas season that year, Berlin rewrote the lyric And it was then, after he'd written it, that he came into his song publishing offices and announced to his musical secretary, I've just written a new song. Not only is it the best song I've ever written, it's the best song anybody's ever (laughs) written. And it was a
0: white Christmas. (laughs) He's very humble about it, too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then Jody Rosen went on to say that he felt one of the most surprising things was not just the popularity of white Christmas, but the fact that it was actually kind of a blues song. Hmm. Like if you consider how it comes across, it's kind of melancholy. Mm -hmm. It really is. And they have a theory, several people have a theory about this. This was in many articles. Rosen is quoted as saying, I think this really makes it stand out amongst kind of chirpy seasonal standards, like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Let It Snow. And he said, I think it's one of the reasons why people keep responding to it, because our feelings over the holiday season are ambivalent. Mm. So that the part that I was actually getting to, their theory about why it was melancholy is a lot of people think that it was because Berlin was thinking about his son, who had died on Christmas Day in 1928. Oh, oh. He was only three weeks old. And so every year on December 25th, he and his wife would visit their baby's grave. Oh my goodness. And so a lot of people think that white Christmas actually um, kind of is almost like a tribute to a son. Oh. or Yeah, and that's why I guess it's that, so that, sad sounding. That does make
0: a lot of sense because it, the first lines are, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas just like the ones I used to know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think it's saying I'm dreaming of a way of things the way they used to be, so maybe mm-hmm. prior to the baby's death when when life was happy and had promise and things like that, maybe. Maybe, yeah.
1: To finish out this quote from Rosen, he said, the kind of deep secret of the song may be that it was Berlin responding in some way to his melancholy about the death of his son. Mm. So what you said would fit with that. Here's the part I had no idea. You know, I just always thought White Christmas the song came out in the movie White Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, long before any of that, White Christmas the song premiered on the radio at Christmas time in 1941, just 18 days after Pearl Harbor. Oh. The song aired on Bing Crosby's radio show. I was going to ask, was Bing mm-hmm. the first one to sing it? Uh, yes that he was, was. A, that was a
0: meeting of <laughs> magic right there,
1: exactly. And so Bing's radio show was the Kraft Music Hall radio show because, of course, it was sponsored by Kraft. Mm-hmm. And the exact date was December twenty fifth, nineteen forty one. So that's when the song first came out. But it was a little limited, right? It was over the radio. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it immediately sprung into all this popularity. Mm-hmm. But eight months later was when moviegoers got to see and hear Bing Crosby perform the song in the film Holiday Holiday Inn, Inn. which was another performance that elevated the song, of course, to the next level. I
0: actually saw the DVD for Holiday Inn at the dollar store yesterday. Oh, did you? I was in there just getting a couple groceries, and I walked past their their uh, Christmas DVD rack, and Holiday Inn was there. And it's the I just it struck me, and maybe we'll talk about this, how odd it is that the same song was performed in. Two different films that he was in and and how this the films are sort of the same mm-hmm. but not because it was fred astaire i read the back of it to mm-hmm. remind myself it was fred astaire and him and marjorie reynolds maybe I but so. they were fighting over this girl she was very mm-hmm. beautiful but then it, it was a it was an inn that being crosby's character owned instead of general waverly and they just performed on the holidays. Have you seen the movie? Long time ago. Okay. Yes. I've never seen it. Some people prefer it to White Christmas.
1: Well, I looked up a summary of Holiday Inn since I had not seen the movie myself, Mm -hmm. and here's what it said on Wikipedia. Jim Hardy, played by Bing Crosby, and Ted Hanover, who's played by Fred Astaire, Mm -hmm. have been vaudeville partners for many years. But when Ted announces that he and Jim's girlfriend, dancer Lila Dixon, are going to set off on their own jim decides the time has come to retire he buys himself a farmhouse in new england and settles into the country life but soon realizes that he has an opportunity to do something special he decides to open his inn to the public but only on major holidays Things are going well for him until his old partner, Ted, shows up and sets his sight on Jim's new friend, Linda Mason, who is, as you said, played by Marjorie Reynolds. Oh, I got the name right. You did get it right. Yeah. A different summary was helpful to me because it gave a different little twist to it. Here's here's another short summary. Holiday Inn, however, centers on Jim, a man who has left show business behind to settle down on his farmhouse in Connecticut. Looking to shake things up with a bit of song and dance, Jim meets Linda a talented school teacher. Together, they turned the farmhouse into a fabulous inn with dazzling performances to celebrate every holiday from Thanksgiving to the 4th of July. Mm. And I like this summary because as I was doing my research, that was one of the things that I kept noticing was they talked about how one of the differences between the mo- two movies, because mm-hmm. because that was a point that came up was there were so many similarities, mm-hmm. but one of the differences was that White Christmas will be so focused on Christmas. the Christmas holiday, mm-hmm. whereas this one actually was almost like a musical review of mm-hmm. all the
0: holidays yeah,
1: and yeah. i thought well that's a key yeah that's a key contrast there
0: also as someone who has been on the ground floor of founding a theater it it just brings me no end of delight when it's just like oh an innkeeper and a talented teacher decided to get together and do these shows and it's like it was immediately a success and we toiled for years you know it's just like oh great mickey and judy put on a show in a barn and it was great if only life did work that way no it doesn't wouldn't that be great well before we continue
1: why don't we take a little break sounds good to me
2: sweep the leg no mercy does anyone really tell scary ghost stories during the most wonderful time of year? As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Hey, Mrs. C, watch me jump the shark. Hey! <laughs> if any of that sounds familiar to you, then there's a good chance that you're like me and you are absolutely loving Scandal Water. From the tragic movie set Death of Brandon Lee, the tragedy of the WKRP Thanksgiving Turkey Drop, or even a community theater actor involved with murder. Scandal Water really does cover peculiar stories from the stage, screen, and everything in between. Hi, I'm Matt C. Adams of Hired Hand Studios. When my talented and knowledgeable friends Ashley and Candy asked me if I'd be interested in helping them with some artwork for their podcast, I was more than happy to lend a hand. If you ever find yourself needing a hand, artistically speaking, then you should hire me, the Hired Hand. You can reach me through the Hired Hand Studios Facebook page or send me an email at matthhs at gmail.com. That's matthhs, as in Hired Hand Studios, at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to hearing from you. So
1: as Ashley had already said, of course, this this movie also introduced the song White Christmas. And, you know, both movies are going to end up having this song in it. It did take it to a broader audience. It was originally intended to be sung by someone else. Really? One of the
0: female leads. I bet mm-hmm. Bing was like, no, this is my song. <laughs> <laughs> they Check did... my contract. The very fine print says my song. <laughs> well, it did not say who decided, but they did mention
1: that Berlin gave the song to Crosby <laughs> and that it became a classic. And, oh, this is so cute. Irving Berlin ended up winning an Academy Award for the song, the, in, wow. the, the version that's in Holiday Inn. And... This is so cool. It is the only time in history that an Oscar presenter ever opened an envelope and read his own name as the winner. He presented his Oscar to himself.
0: They must not have thought he was going to win. I, I have no idea. Or they thought this is going to be the cutest ruse ever. But it was But it was adorable. That is cute. Because
1: he, he opens the envelope. Yeah. He's the winner. And it says that he joked with the audience and said... I'm glad to present the award. I've known him for a long time. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. But here's what I found really interesting. It was not actually even the performance in this movie that's what propelled White Christmas the song to the success that that it ultimately gained. It was a more unexpected audience that did it.
0: Woo! The military. Ah, the military. The men in mm. uniform. Yeah.
1: Jody Rosen, again, the author of that book. Here's his quote. It was, meaning the song, kind of the centerpiece of the film, the center, he said. But critics didn't take much notice of it. And it was only when Armed Forces Radio began to play the song overseas and for American troops who found its images of the kind of Christmas on the home front so appealing. Mm. It was 1942, the first winter that American troops had spent overseas. So these images of snowy American, New Englandy Christmases really spoke to the longing, nostalgia, and homesickness of the troops for their homeland and for the sweethearts and wives and mothers and fathers they'd left behind. It was the enthusiasm of these troops that really propelled the song and made
0: it a hit. That's that's neat. And it also makes a lot of sense why when they went on and did White Christmas, the film, that they started him singing it at the very top of the... Very top of it Mm -hmm. in a military situation. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely, Mm -hmm. yeah. The war ends up playing a huge part in that movie. We're gonna Mm -hmm. come back to that a little bit more later.
0: But it was
1: it was interesting. The song was requested so much by the troops that Bing felt a little uncomfortable about it. Remember, he would do. He was great about doing all those USO appearances overseas, and so he would go over there. He would perform Uh for them. And they requested it so much that he said he was hesitant to do it because Why? he was afraid it would cause such nostalgic yearning, That oh. those were his words, among the men that it would make them sad. But then, this is what he said in an interview, he said, heaven knows I didn't come that far to make them sad. For this reason, several times I tried to cut it out of the show, but these guys just hollered for it. Yeah. That's what ended up really pushing it forward and making it the huge hit that the song became. In fact, one interview I saw talked about this woman who went out with her uncle and they bought the sheet music to that song right before he went overseas Uh himself. And then after he was killed in the war, that was one of the things that she kept because it was meaningful oh gosh yeah it was so s- it sounds like
0: from what I'm gathering it sounds like from the origin of the writing of the song like sometimes when you pour your emotions into something that transcends it. So if indeed he did write this out of grief and of times gone by for the death Mm -hmm. of his son, it sounds like that whatever chord he struck of melancholy and Mm -hmm. of longing, the same people who are in that situation of loss and losing friends and missing their family and missing the way things Mm -hmm. used to be. It just resonated. It struck that same human emotional chord.
1: Absolutely. I'm kind of spoiler alerting, but this song has sold over like 50 million copies it, it has been recorded by it was the number one artists. song
0: up until mariah carey's all i want for christmas is you it was the number one single i think christmas single i think um candle in the wind maybe have
1: overtaken it i think you're right it was i believe um elton john elton john thank you it does say in my notes that it's the best-selling christmas song of all time and also the best-selling single ever, according to the Guinness Book of World Records.
0: Really? And Mar- I thought Mariah's took that over.
1: Well, maybe my source was
0: outdated. Maybe. We'll have maybe. to check that
1: one. Okay, but, we will. Okay. Should we take a break before we go on? Sure, let's do
0: it. And we are back. So during the break, I looked it up. As of November 2016, the holiday single with the most digital downloads is Mariah Carey's Mm -hmm. 1994 song, All I Want for Christmas is You. However, Bing still holds the record for the best-selling Christmas single. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm I'm glad we figured that out. Yes. That would have bothered me. (laughs) (laughs) So, as we said...
1: White Christmas was such a hit that Irving Berlin was inspired to write an entire movie about it. So
0: did he write the movie or he wrote the songs for the movie?
1: Well, okay, great clarification. He did not write the movie script, but he would create all the songs. Gotcha. So basically he would... He was very instrumental in creating the plot of the movie as well okay. because of that. Paramount was obviously all on board with this, too. They had, they had it in mind that they were going to take advantage of the success of Holiday Inn as well. And, of course, the success of the song. So, this is what inspired them to move on to White Christmas, the movie. Here's what it said in one article. Riding high on the reception of Holiday Inn, Paramount hoped to repeat their success with White Christmas and considered it a loose remake of the earlier film. Right? In fact, the studio opted to use the exact same farmhouse in both oh, pictures. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the point you made earlier, I didn't want to jump into it back oh, then, but yeah, you yeah. were dead on. I even read an entire article that basically said it was phrased more eloquently than this, but it was basically like, okay, these two movies are so much alike. Let's try to compare and contrast Uh them to really pull apart how Uh they might differ because they were very similar. In fact, it was intended that they were going to use the same actors. They wanted... Oh, yeah. They they just straight up said, let's just redo it. And put a tiny different spin on it and see if we can't
0: sell Mm. it again. Yeah. For sure. Well, I guess if they didn't have VCR back then, and they didn't have a play a way to rescreen something, you could just make the same movie and reshow it. Why not? Why not?
1: Yeah, new songs, new twist. Yeah. But we're going to save our conversation about White Christmas for our next episode. Okay. Armchair psychologist. So to end this one, Ashley, I thought I would ask you, that part about the song being melancholy, being bluesy, that's intriguing to me. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts about Christmas songs being melancholy like that?
0: Well... Christmas Eve has always been my favorite holiday, Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of a melancholy person. I mean, you wouldn't know it from the podcast because, I mean, you just wouldn't know it. But I tend to look on the more melancholy side of things. So Christmas Eve to me is still when there's all this hope and all Mm -hmm. the movies happen on Christmas Eve, and there's so much goodness that can still happen on Christmas Day. I get really depressed Mm -hmm. because it's the end of Christmas things you know now the decorations are going to come down now we go into the dreary january and things don't really pick up in kentucky at least until maybe march Mm -hmm. so you're looking through this dreary to come i wish we could keep christmas lights up through february or till daylight savings ends or (laughs) whatever because they just have so much holiday cheer and I just feel like it's also a time of reflection. Mm-hmm. What have I done this year? How have I treated people this year? How have I been as a person this year? And sometimes you don't measure up and you think, oh, I should have done better, which is leading into the resolutions and all that, all that kind of stuff. I just feel, mm, I can understand the melancholy mm-hmm. of the holidays. Yeah, that was a really thoughtful
1: response, especially when you just got hit with this question <laughs> out of the blue. It, what it made me think about was he had made the comment about other songs being so cheery and so (laughs) chirpy. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's true. Like a lot of our songs are very upbeat because they're about the anticipation of Mm -hmm. Christmas. You kind of named it, right? Mm -hmm. We have like six or eight weeks of anticipation and the joy Mm -hmm. and the excitement and Christmas is coming. And I think White Christmas is more, it taps more into the nostalgia Mm -hmm. and the feelings Mm -hmm. and memories of childhood Christmases. Mm -hmm. And as I think you used the word, or somebody did, you know, longing and Mm -hmm. yearning. And some people
0: don't have good memories of Christmas because they don't get along with their family. mm, And they're sad at Christmas because there isn't that family connection and they're going to be alone. And it's just, it heightens whatever emotion you're feeling throughout the year. It's kind of like you repress everything, but Christmas brings it out Mm. and makes you face it.
1: That's interesting.
0: Yeah. I really see why white Christmas is such a a
1: lasting classic song. When Mm -hmm. you stop and think about it, it may be simple, but it does touch your emotions. Mm -hmm. It really Mm -hmm. makes you stop. It makes you think, It's just a beautiful song.
0: It really is. And now that I know that stuff about his son, that makes it even more poignant to me. Mm -hmm. I agree.
1: Let's end on that note, Ashley. All right. Who would you like to cheers? Let's cheers to Irving Berlin, Mm -hmm. composer of that beautiful song, Mm -hmm. and to Bing Crosby for doing such a wonderful job singing it. He did.
0: He They used to say that he had a voice
1: of, like, liquid gold. Mm. It was. In, In that song, I would agree. Yes. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. This episode of Scandal Water was executive produced by Candy Thomas, that's me, and Ashley Raymer Brown. That's me. It was researched and written by Candy Thomas and edited by Ashley Raymer Brown.
0: All music was written, composed, performed, and mixed by Josh Martin. The artwork was designed by Matt C. Adams, while our website was developed by Joshua Reith. If you like what you hear and you want to help keep the Scandal Water brewing, please go to our website, scandalwaterpodcast.com. Just click on your podcatcher of choice, then hit follow to subscribe. And while you're there, you might as well leave us a five-star rating and review. And don't forget, it's always more fun when you share your tea with others. As a reminder, this
1: podcast is purely for entertainment purposes. The thoughts and opinions of the host during each episode of Scandal Water are their own and do not reflect the opinions of any future guests, Advertisers. Or,
0: clearly, professional psychologists.
1: Thanks for listening.